0: It's
1: Celtics coverage on clnsradio.com. He
0: made it, Flex on him, Galen Brown! Fallen
1: right now and share your thoughts toll-free,
0: 347-215-7771.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for the delay. Welcome on in to the Celtics post game show on CLNS Media. My name is Matt Rury, and of course, technical difficulties haunt me my entire existence here at CLNS, and that uh, was no different tonight. We start a little late, but the Celtics did win. They beat the Bulls 113 to 101 at at TD Garden tonight, and uh, there's a lot to get to as far as this game is concerned, and a couple of different things as far as the, the overall picture is concerned for the Celtics as we head into the middle of the season, the doldrums, if you will, just before the all-star break in about a month. So uh, uh, my name is Matt Rury, as I said, and I'm here with snotty Drippin and snotty tonight. The Celtics did everything they could to, uh, hold off the Bulls. The Bulls made a couple nice runs here after the Celtics started real strong in this game. Uh, and they they actually had to play pretty much a full 48 minutes. I guess there was a few minutes of garbage time towards the end there, but the Bulls gave it all they had and the Celtics fought it off, which is exactly what they're supposed to do uh, as this Bulls team is really not that good this year.
0: You know what? The Bulls team isn't good this year, but I don't know if you know this or the listeners know this, the Bulls have been one of the very best defensive teams in the league since like December first. Seriously, go, the numbers back it up. They uh, they get a lot of steals and deflections. Uh, I I want to say uh, last maybe the last show I did they were like, a, like the number two defense in the league in that time. So they're definitely probably still top five. I'll go look. But um, you say a lot of things about their coach and their style and how they're maybe offensively not being uh, maximizing their young guys, but. He's been teaching defense. They these guys actually play defense. So it's uh, you know, I think they've snuck a couple teams in the last month. Uh, I look at the schedule and see. But uh it's there's no shame in having a quality game against the Bull these days, is my point. They've kind of they have only had fourteen wins. But uh I don't I don't look right now, especially after coming off of that, that uh that three game losing streak, uh, you know, that we ended last game. The Celtics the we ended last game, I'll take it any way they can get it.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you're right. They definitely do play hard, and that's that's a way to win on defenses by playing really hard. So uh, you saw it last uh, Saturday, uh, where the Celtics were in Chicago, and they were I think they were like a one point favorite in that game, and they they ended up winning by seven. Uh, so it looks like a, a game that they would have taken easily, but that was a, a hard fought game as well. The Bulls were certainly in that one, uh, and there was a shot for it to go into overtime towards. The end of that one as well before the Celtics pulled away. So the the Bulls have played the Celtics pretty tough. Uh, and before we discuss the actual Celtics players in this game, I do want to focus on a Bull because I think part of the reason the Celtics get played tough by this Bulls team is is Zach Levine. Uh, and he he seems to find a way to just kill the Celtics every time they come out uh, and, and play against the Bulls. And tonight was was no different. Uh, even though, the, like I said, the Celtics win this game by 12, Levine put on a show. He had a, a nice alley-oop dunk, a, another fast break dunk, uh, and he's been sort of talking through the media and, and saying that if you want, if you want to see me in the dunk contest and put me in the All-Star game type type, type of thing, uh, but I mean, if it were up to, if if he played the Celtics every every game. He would be a lock for the All Star team, it seems, uh, because this guy really puts on a show uh, against them. He had 30 tonight. He did the, turn the ball over a few times, but uh, like I said, a couple of flashy dunks uh, in, in the uh, in transition, and uh, it just I, I think that for some reason the Celtics can't figure him out because while he has had an excellent year overall, he's been playing out of his mind, a career year for him. Uh, he definitely seems to play better against the Celtics than the rest of the league, and I, I don't know, I don't understand why.
0: I mean, I'll say this about Zach Levine: he's hard to guard because he's quick, he's athletic, he has a, a pretty expansive offensive package. He's a shot maker. He's not like a pure shooter, but a shot maker. But he'll he'll drain the deep three. So I'm I'm looking at his numbers since the last time they played the the uh, the Bulls. I'm sorry, since the Bulls last time they played the Celtics, it's been five games, uh, and this was been the sixth. He he's averaging thirty one like thirty one four and five a game in those you know thirty one points about four below re- four rebounds and almost five assists a game like the guy can just score now the problem with him um, is that he tanks the defense so the Bulls defense operates at a much better level when he sits but their offense operates at a, lot, a lot higher level when he's on the floor so. Um, you know, it's 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 funny how the All Star game it's it's about fun and it should be about the fans and the guy is a, a special talent as a scorer. So like, I wouldn't mind. I know a lot of people put uh, team record into the oh well his team's not winning should be an All Star. All Star game is about an individual scorer and the guy is one of the best, I mean individual player and he's one of the best individual players in the league as far as the, uh, from the offensive side of the ball. So like, I wouldn't mind seeing him in an All Star game and the guy could fly yeah, out. Yeah, I'm course, with you on nice that one. So yeah, the Bulls no. just have uh, the, the Celtics just have no one uh, quick enough to stick with them, and then the guys who are quick enough are too small. He can shoot at the top, so uh, he just kind of gets loose. He's a uh, he's he's something.
1: Yeah, he definitely put on a show tonight, and uh, he, he's pushing for that All Star bid. But I'm with you on that, I and mean, maybe we can get into that if we have some time towards the end of the show, as far as who should make the All Star team from the Celtics versus who's been being voted in because. We all know our our, our former point guard is high on that list, and he's barely played a game, although he's back. Um, Either way, uh, let's let's focus on this game. But uh, before we do that, since I was late, I do want to just take a moment and remind everybody that the show today is being brought to you by HelloFresh. So I will do that by letting you listen to this wonderful ad, and I'll be right back to discuss this Celtics win against the Bulls uh, with Snotty. Tonight's episode of the Celtics Post Game Show on CLNS Media is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Get easy seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. For $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to hellofresh.com forward slash CLNS80. And don't forget to enter the promo code CLNS80 at checkout. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit and a sponsor of the CLNS Media Celtics postgame show. All right, Matt Rury and Snotty Drippin here on the CLNS postgame show for the Celtics. And uh, they beat the Bulls 113-101. to 101. And enough about Zach Levine and, and the Bulls. Let's focus on some of the Celtics because uh, they, they did have some a nice consistent effort from everyone across the board. And this is the type of game that, that uh, I think the Celtics need to get in the habit of having. And I love the 41 points from Tatum the other night. I, I love the, the fact that everybody's contributing even in the game like that, but this is the type of game that I think this team is really built for. Uh, Daniel Tice was out. So Enos Cantor stepped into the starting lineup and he made an impact almost immediately. Uh, with the four out of the first six points and and a handful of rebounds at at the beginning of the game there, Uh, he he sort of faded. But throughout the game, Snoddy, we saw various players stepping up on offense, being aggressive towards the hoop. Kemba Walker towards the end of the game was knocking down some threes. The only guy that scored more than 19 was was Tatum, and it was 21. He and Jalen Brown, 21 uh, and 19 respectively. Gordon Hayward didn't have a single point until – uh, 10 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. That's when he made his first basket. And he realized early on that his game was way off. So he started passing the ball and getting rebounds instead. So the overall point here is that th- this game, to me, is in a nutshell how the Celtics need to try and win going forward. Because this is what they're built for. They have so many different scores. People argue that. There's the too many pe- too many cooks, too many mouths to feed. But if they can get into a groove and sort of find the hot hand night in night out, I think they're going to be a real tough team to beat.
0: So I got a full disclosure here. Uh, at halftime, I was waiting for the game to come back on, and I may, or may not have maybe I dozed off and woke up right right before right before the, uh, the show started. <laughs> So I didn't I didn't catch the second half, but I did see in the first half. But it was very much in line with what you were saying. So, all right, it's, it's there's a contingent of Celtics fans and even bloggers slash podcasters who just cannot stand Enos Cantor. It. It's the weirdest thing because yes, we we all saw the famous clip of uh, Billy Donovan saying, you know, I can't play him. I just can't play him in the playoffs against the Rockets. We saw that, and we know that he has issues defending in the pick and roll, and we know that you know he's not the you know, offensively, all he does is look to score. He's, a, he's basically a black hole. But like, that's fine. He's not the franchise big man. He's uh, he's sliding in a very specific role, and I think he's he's doing very well in that role. Right? Last game he almost had twenty twenty. Tonight he had fifteen and nine. He was a net positive still. He was plus four in a game that they won by third by twelve. Um, and like, I, can, I can tell just from looking at the box score that he kind of tailed off because 15-9 is fine. But, yep. uh, you know, you yeah, you look at the other guys. Uh, Jalen Brown was plus 10 tonight. Gordon Hayward was plus 14, which, you know, even with the only eight points, he had eight assists and six rebounds. Like, um, you know, so you, you know better than me. You can tell me what was the story of the second half because it looks like, again, yeah, it, it was kind of balanced. no uh, Jalen and Jason didn't shoot particularly well. Tatum was fine at 7 for 17. Jalen was 5 for 13, which isn't terrible. Uh, the big thing for me is Jalen Brown made 9 of 9 free throws. That is huge. I, you, you know, I think I would have lost money if somebody had bet me last season. Jalen Brown will go 9 for 9 from the free <clears> to line in the game. But uh, he's been so much better this year. So, uh, so you you can tell me what the story of the second half.
1: Yeah, I mean, so the, the Celtics as a team shot – incredibly from the free throw line, which is not something they've done this year overall, but they do have good free throw shooters, which has always confused me this entire season. I've wondered why they're not, they don't have a great team free throw percentage when they have such good shooters. Uh, I think they uh, had a lot of guys uncharacteristically missing free throws throughout the beginning of the season, but uh, tonight, yeah, I mean, they pretty much made a concerted effort to, to play some defense, I think, in the second half. They sort of matched the Bulls' intensity uh, defensively. And they did get to the free throw line. They were aggressive, uh, but uh, really it it turned into a game of of stops. Uh, And I think with about, oh man, there was, uh, I want to say like eight and a half minutes to go, maybe maybe closer to to seven and a half minutes to go, Brian Scalabrini on the broadcast said the Celtics are three stops in a row from, from winning this game. And they immediately got a stop, and they and then they went back to the other end of the court, and Jalen Brown immediately got to the free throw line, knocked down two free throws. And, I mean, it was a perfect call by Scal, because that's exactly what the Celtics needed to sort of put this one away. Uh, so that's kind of what it was. The Bulls were playing well. They, they, they were going back and forth. Uh, for the most part, the Celtics had the game in hand, but it was one of those where The Bulls would kind of creep up. They'd be within six or seven, and then Brad Stevens would have to call a timeout, and then the Celtics would come back out and knock down a three or uh, make a... Marcus Smart had a real nice steal. He he ripped Zach Levine and then threw a three-quarters court bounce pass to a streaking Hayward for a a dunk. They they got Hayward involved a little bit. As you can see from the box score, he did end up scoring eight points. All of that was in the last ten minutes of the game. Uh, So... He contributed to the to the closeout, if you will, which is a good sign for me, too. Because And that sort of plays into the point that I was making earlier in that this team really spread it around tonight. And that's the, how I believe Danny Ainge built this team. And that's the vision that he had. So if games like this are going to be the norm, then I think they're not only going to be a lot of fun to watch, but they're going to be a tough out.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I'm just following the game flow here, and I, I'm looking at the playoff play thing. You're absolutely right. Third quarter was pretty much kind of, you know, it's one of those games that are up six, then they go up eight, maybe ten, and then, you know, Chicago gets back within six, and that was like the whole third quarter. And to me, a positive is seeing that in the fourth quarter, they ended the fourth quarter, with a, with a score, they were up 12. And the, it never dipped below double digits in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was about 15, 16 points the whole fourth quarter, but it looks like it was just enough where you know you can't get comfortable. They can't sit the guys right. down, right? You got down to 11, okay. so they can't sit guys Okay, you got it done for the night. So the Bulls made them work. They made them. They made them conscious of them the whole way. Um, so that was that's a good on, that's a good on the on the on the Celtics though, because I've seen a few games where they get a good good size comfortable lead up 15, 16. And then they're playing in the fourth quarter and it's a six point game. You know, and we you said you said the right you, I completely agree. this is the dog days of the of the season. This is like the 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 grind of the season, right? And you know, guys can lose a little bit of focus. I think that's what's going on with Jalen and Jason right now, especially Jalen Brown. Like with, you know, the, the slump he's been in. He's uh it's hard to maintain like as a if you're gonna be a high level player, it's hard to maintain high level focus twenty four seven, and that's what we have to do. And I think um, judging from last game, Jalen Brown got a little caught up in, in complaining about fouls last game while Jason Tatum just played. And, you know, he, he became like a the son. He was a bucket getter. And uh, you can tell that right now Jalen Brown just sometimes, you know, and tonight he did better, you know, 19 points on – what 13 shots, you can't complain about that. Um, and that's what it's going to take for him to go next level, though. You got to bring this consistency every night. You got to have that mental acuity every night. You got to, even when the shot's not falling, attack the rim, make things happen. So, um, yeah, man. So, it's, uh, it's, I, it's I'm funny gonna, I'm that Jalen go, Brown, after the right. game, sorry not
1: to cut you off, but after the game, they caught up with Jalen Brown, and he they asked, uh, Abby Chen asked him uh, what is different about his game this year. And she was referring to the fact that he went nine for nine from the free throw line. Uh, but he sort of took the question and and said that he's been more aggressive getting to the line. Uh, and that also he thinks he's getting more calls this year, which to him, to him it means he's graduating in the league. And I kind of took that as – at first I was like, all right, well that's a that's – that's an interesting thing to to just put out there on the post game interview. Uh, But it it sort of makes me realize that he really is self-aware and certainly understanding of of what this league is. Uh, And that is a thing that can take him a really long way. So I think that's part of the, part of the reason that he has matured so much this year and taken a big step forward. Uh, And he's trying to work his way through this, this dead time in the league. And I think he's doing a, a good job at it.
0: For sure, he's doing. I mean, he he only had three or four, you know, kind of subpar games, and it's just it just it's hyper focused because it happened so close to him winning the Player of the Week, you know, a couple weeks ago. So um, I'm I'm beyond thrilled with how he's played. Um, what I saw from him in the first half of this game, he tried to like tear the roof off of that one dunk, um, you know, uh, over I don't know who that the big man was, marketing. and then he actually kept, oh yeah, he tried he tried that that ridiculous uh, dunk over nice. marketing. We need to come up with a term for dunks that we don't have a chance, but they're so good, or you know, they miss, but they're so the attempt is so good that we still go out. So, because uh, so that one of them. Well, it was it Morant the other night.
1: Did that right? John Morant did that to someone.
0: German, he did it with Kevin Love. He has John Kevin has a Love, right? So it's where, the
1: Morant he, until until he finishes one of those. It's the Morant in my eyes.
0: Or the jaw, whatever yeah, you want to go we, with. We can go with the jaw, or I was going to say we can call it the Westbrook because I remember back in. This is a deep cut. Back in 2010, Russell Westbrook against the Lakers in the playoffs, he tried to dunk over Pau Gasol and Andrew Bynum from, like, the dotted line. He mm-hmm. took off, and, like, they they fouled the heck out of him, but just watching him launch was ridiculous. So, um, yeah, that was a great great attempt. by You know what? Like, it's aggression. It comes back to aggression. The last few games when he's been shooting so poorly, I feel even though he's driving hard, he's not finishing with a purpose, and he was kind of being timid and worried he was more worried about, hey, can I get this contact? Then can I make this layup? And that's why he, his, I think, it, you know, that hurt his game. Those, those, that bad streak with, I think, it was a four-game stretch where he averaged 12 points a game and he was shooting like 35% from the floor. You know, so um, yeah, aggression is the diff, the, diff, the big key for him, and confidence is the key for him. So, he can have a graphic aggression without confidence, and it shows. And I think Tatum does a better job of that, where he maintains he maintains his aggression. But Tatum really has that scoring mentality where he can miss a couple shots, four or five, six shots, and he's like, all right, well, I'm still putting these things up. While wow, yep. I think Jalen kind of – Jalen, you can tell he gets a little – starts pressing, and it gets it's a, the, each way, each miss kind of weighs on him. So, he did a better job of that tonight.
1: Yeah, and I think – also, I, I, what you said about him finishing is, is the aggression is there, but if, you, if you're if you aggressive towards the hoop and you can't finish, then the aggression means nothing. I mean, you still need to be able to make your free throws, and you still need to be able to get it in and and uh, lay it up or, or finish with a dunk or something. And I will be eating crow on this for the rest of my Jalen Brown's career because for the first couple of years, my biggest criticism of, of, of him was not only his ball handling, which he's improved, but – His finishing, I wasn't sure if he was really going to be able to be a full-fledged, polished NBA finisher, and I think he's proving me wrong this year because he definitely is not just always trying to throw it down. Yeah, he did try and throw it down tonight, but he picks his spots now, and he does have the ability that that we've also seen from Jason Tatum. uh, He has the, the ability to have finesse at the hoop and try and go up and under a guy and lay it in instead of trying to dunk over him. So that's something that, that I definitely questioned about him watching his game for the first couple of years, uh, and he is, he's definitely turned that around. So I will uh, take that one back and not say it again <laughs> after this year uh, because he's definitely rounding into a player that I, I didn't see just by from afar, of course.
0: You know what, man? Uh, this I like this to turn to the Jalen Brown love fest because I've always been a big fan of his and supporter. And even so, that, that this latest – in fact, this season so far for him has been beyond even what maybe I thought. I may, or is on par with maybe my wildest dreams where I thought he could be as far as a 20-point per game score. Um, like you said, the handle is so improved. And he's showing much better decision-making where he'll drive and not just explode and go full strength. He'll, he'll throw, throw the pump fake. He'll throw in the little pull-up off the glass. You know, he, sh- he shows his little jump hook to left and right hand, like he, turn around, whatever. Yeah, he's got a lot of moves. Can you think of a player that's improved between like all right, one, two, three? And we knew he was good, right? The athleticism was there, and the, the drive, the motor was there. He, have you seen a player just Im- come back with such an improved skill set in one summer like Jalen Brown has? I have. I can't remember a different a di- another player that came back and said, okay, he's good and not just made a leap as far as scoring statistically, but like their skill set is expanded as much in one off season. Um,
1: not that I know of. I mean, it's it's interesting because there are guys that have taken steps from mid level to superstar status in one off season. I think, but it, you can tell that going into it, like James Harden, for example, uh, when you you knew that once he was set free from playing under Durant and Westbrook that he was going to become an MVP caliber type of player, but he wasn't that for the first year or or two because he was playing behind those guys, right? But Jalen Brown has not really – first of all, he doesn't have the talent to be an MVP type of candidate, I don't think, obviously, uh, based on my previous comments, but um, he definitely has taken a, a huge step from last season to this season and people thought that it was supposed to come between season before and last season, but regardless of when it comes, that is a big step. And um, I think that he probably should be considered for most improved player, which is something that, I mean, for many years, the league kind of gives that out to a guy that was injured uh, and has come back and is very strong and has a great season after being injured or something like that. But, I think Jalen Brown needs to be considered for that uh, this year. And, uh, th- I mean, there's probably a handful of other guys on that list, but he definitely sh- should be there. Uh, and I'm actually just looking up the odds right now because I'm curious. And uh, interesting that Jason Tatum is actually the leader in the clubhouse for most improved player oh this year. Uh, and I'm what? not so sure if I agree with that, but he's that's, that's what I'm seeing from OddsShark.com anyway, not to give them a plug or anything.
0: You know what's awesome that I'm um, glad that Jalen got his money, uh, and that's one reason sure. why. I wonder, I wonder if, uh, as, good look, like I, I'm with you. I think he's he's showing more improvement this season, definitely than Jason Tatum has. Because Tatum, you no, know, uh, well, whatever. But I, I wonder if down the line that will be sort of an issue. And I don't see it because they seem to really enjoy playing with each other. That's Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They seem to play well off each other. So far, we've seen both are seeing the, you know, like they're getting the shots and touches they feel they deserve. No one seems to be complaining. They're both thriving. Cool. But, like, just like you just said there, I wonder if Jalen Brown ever looks at it like, dude, what, what can I do? Because he he's been the whooping. He's, he was whoop, the whipping boy for the last couple of years, and maybe yeah. I think some people felt he was underachieving, right? Um, he went to the bench. He, his numbers really suffered. He had to play uh, and, and kind of just take the scraps last season. This year he's doing so well, but look at that. Even like, you know, that odd sharks, even like, you know, Vegas doesn't really seem like that they believe in it. And yeah. we do hear I'm glad we do hear more people speaking about him and recognizing the fact that he, you know, he's playing at a near, at an all star level, even if he's not selected, he's playing almost like one this year. But like just like yeah, I wonder if that's something where we'll ever see NBA players do have egos, right? They that's what makes them great. They believe it, they believe in themselves in like in a way that most normal humans don't they they know that they're good and they're the top one percent of what they do and they they're proud of that but it also cuts both ways too so i'm just i don't think it will be an issue down the road down the road but it will be fascinating to watch
1: no i'd love for those guys to be able to just play together the rest of their careers and and just get paid on the celtics that would be awesome if they could figure that out um and i so the the odds i was just looking at were old but i am looking at updated odds and Uh, Brown is not even on this list. Jason Tatum is still uh, second or third, but actually the favorite for most improved player this year makes a lot of sense. It is Brandon Ingram. And if he continues on his pace, I think that that probably is a better choice than Brown, but he should be in the conversation. Um, So anyway, uh, let's um, open the call lines, even though we don't have any callers right now, maybe doing this will bring some to us.
0: Three four seven
1: two one five seven 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 one. That is the phone number, and the call lines are brought to you by Bet Online. We've been talking about odds and stuff like that. I probably should have just gone to BetOnline.ag to check out some odds because they are one of the best in the business, and you guys should go check them out. Because people that are listening to CLNS, if you haven't signed up for BetOnline.ag yet, you can go and get 50% off of uh, your First deposit. It's a welcome bonus. Check it out. Go to betonline.ag and put in the promo code CLNS50. Uh, the NBA season is in full swing. The NFL playoffs are in full swing as well. Championship weekend is here. You guys could go and sign up today to receive 50%, like I said, on your welcome bonus and start betting on a college or professional ball. If you do it right now, you might even be able to get some prop bets for the second half of the national championship game. Figure that thing out. Uh, Every spread that you can think of is there. Every sport, go check it out. Every total winner, loser, every parlay you can imagine will be there at betonline.ag. So go check them out, put in the promo code CLNS50 and you'll get 50% off your deposit as a welcome bonus. And that is why we even have call lines right now. So again, the phone number 347-215-7771. I would imagine that since I delayed this show uh, to no fault of my own, that uh, we may not have any calls, but that's all right. We can continue on ourselves uh, and sort of move along. And I want to look at the standings for a second uh, later in the show, but I also teased some all-star discussion, so those are a couple of options, but I also want to ask you quickly about the Celtics' big man rotation, because Daniel Tice was out tonight, Robert Williams is out, there's no sign of whether he's going to be coming back anytime soon. Enos Cantor, we had a nice little discussion about him. Uh, He did sort of tail off in the second half tonight, but he has been on a tear for the last few weeks. He's been playing really well. Um, And then uh, other than that, who fits into that role? Grant Williams, Vincent Poirier a little bit here and there. I mean, I'd rather see Grant play the four, but it is what it is on this team. My question to you, Snotty, is do the Celtics need to go get a – legitimate rim protector slash big man who can do various things i'm thinking of anywhere from an andre drummond to a kevin love in that entire range of big man whoever's available do they need to make a move if they're gonna have a decent shot at going to the nba finals because they're the two seed right now they're playing better than most people thought they would be at this point and they have a legitimate shot to Catch the Bucks if they really catch fire, uh, and and get to that one seed. They're six and a half back out right now, but it, who knows? If the Bucks sort of tail off, I don't see it happening. There's a, there's a chance though that the Celtics could mm-hmm. could pull that off. Um, but the, my my question is, do they need to go get somebody like that to fill a void, or do you think that they can figure it out with this rotation and sort of win games the way they did tonight? Like like I was saying earlier, that I want them to to win games like? Because personally, I think that they can put up a fight and they'll be a tough out, but if they had a legitimate center, they would be a contender to go to the finals.
0: Um, So, it's all about relativity, right? Like, coming to the season, what was the focus and what was the goal? Um, I don't think anyone thought after the debacle of last season, this year, Celtics were a contender. So far, they're playing at a very high level, and they've, put them, they've thrusted themselves into the top of the East, right, the upper echelon. Uh, they, go, they went toe-to-toe with a couple of really good teams and even beat a couple of teams that they are deemed contenders. So I get it. Like, we, we shift our baseline, and we, we have a new reality that we're focusing on. and You know, how do how do we, we went from Boston, hopefully they're going to be good, to now, wow, they look like they can compete with anybody. I get it. So, the question now is what assets do you have to give up and how much does it improve your team, whatever moves you make, right? So, um, the main issue is sellers don't have a lot of medium sized contracts. It's either really big money guys, right? right? Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward, Kemba. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's guys like Jason Tatum on a rookie deal, which, which we don't want to move him anyway, right? He's the future. Um, it's guys like, you know, I think Smart is a – Smart's on a great deal, but Smart should be almost untouchable from what I've seen with him in the Celtics. Um, then you got guys like, you know, Enos Cantor is making 5 and Then it's a bunch of little contracts like that. But that's the right. main issue as far as making moves is that you, you don't really have – the, the pieces that you would need, and that's that's even money-wise. And then again, like, everybody who's playing right now is actually producing. Like, who do you give up? And if it makes your team better, sure. But, you know, we know the, the core is not going anywhere. Jalen, Jason, uh, Kemba, and Gordon Hayward, that money is tough, but that's one of those people you can look at and say, if he's going to opt out next year, which is a good chance, it's, a, it's probably a good idea to maybe – Maybe see what you're gonna get for Gordon Hayward, and he's looked so good at times, and I think teams realize he's, you know, other than the things he's the Nixon and a uh, uh, banged up season he's had this year, we just missed that here, days here and there. They realize he's kind of back and healthy and very effective, but like that's thirty million dollars, or you're gonna to have to pay him, you know, coming up. So what 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 is that worth to you? And that's where the problem comes because like I hear Andre Drummond a lot, great rebounder, um, space cadet kind of. Defensively and spaces out doesn't really have an offensive repertoire. If you can get him just to rim run, cool. But I think he has a little bit of Dwight Howard in him, or he he, he wants to do so much more, and it shows in his stats. Right? He he missed, takes, he he doesn't shoot a great percentage for a guy his size. And it's like tonight, Jalil Okafor put twenty four twenty like twenty five and fourteen on him. Right? So like, what do you want to spend thirty? And you got to pay him next summer too. You want to pay Andre Drummond thirty plus million dollars? I don't think so. So, um, to answer your question, that's a really roundabout way of answering your question. I think the chances are kind of low right now, as constructed, that once we hit the Celtics hit the playoffs, they have enough to beat a team like Milwaukee. Uh, I think anyone else in the East is, is, is you know, more of a toss-up, but especially the Bucks right now are head and shoulders, I think, above everyone else in the East. And against the really good teams, you can't play cancer. They're going to just hunt them and pick and roll. So yep. you know, let's say, yeah, that's that's the, all the teams in the East have the capability to do that. You know, be it the Lakers, be it the Clippers, be it the Rockets, they will just destroy Kansas Soul. And that that that's where it becomes tricky. Uh, Robert Williams isn't ready. Uh, we don't know what Poirier is. I definitely don't think he's like the answer there. So it's um, No, I think he's too soft. Use, he's too soft, yeah. Poirier, uh, so yeah, they definitely he's soft. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, what I mean, he's definitely not the answer. They 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 took a flyer. The Tice, I think, has the skill set. He's just not strong enough.
1: Yeah, he's a little undersized.
0: Yeah. It's too bad because I like yeah. Tice as a player quite a bit. I, I love him. I love him as like you know, if if there there was a, someone to start him, start at five and have Tice be the backup five, that'd be great. Um, Grant Williams just isn't big enough and also too experienced. So yeah, it's it's the Celtics' one flaw, I think. I think positionally, everything else is pretty, pretty. you know, they're pretty balanced or, well, very skilled and talented. Just a big man. So the only thing is, is there's, there's a finite resource pool and what do you give up to get the guy who you want. So that's where the problem comes. I will throw a name out there. I wonder how they could get a guy like Dwayne Dedman because I mm. think his skill set as far as shot blocking, uh, two years ago he actually was a four-spacer. I don't know. I haven't watched. Him. I haven't seen him in Sacramento because he really hasn't played. They've they've kind of almost shut him down. He hasn't been play at that. I wonder what happened there, right? They they chased him in free agency, and now he's not really in the rotation. I believe in Sacramento. Yeah, Sacramento is um, kind of a
1: strange place. I think just because uh, it's you know, although actually, Deadman is playing a couple minutes right now. I just went to look and see, and he's in the game. Uh, so maybe sure. you conjured that up. But no, Sacramento seems to be like a, a place that covets guys, and then all of a sudden they're just out of favor. And it, I don't know. I, I can't come up with an f- exact example, but it just seems like a place where players go to
0: uh, end their careers, George if Hill. you will, and so sort of disappear. George Hill did that. George Hill took the money and then hey, know, there. True. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. And that's where – I think that's more on the, the, the players. They and their agents are chasing the money and it's actually throwing money at guys. I mean, look, I think, is it Trevor Ariza right now? Just like pining away or just kind of wasting away? It's, I don't know. But yeah, I'm looking right now. He, he was, he did not, uh, but Devin has like huge gaps of DMP, you know, coaches basically be. So maybe they're trying to come up with (laughs) his trade. trade, yeah. Yeah. What, what a ridiculous franchise that is, man. We could do a whole podcast. Because like it's so transparent, right? You, you bring him in there, he, he complains a little bit. You you actually make him inactive a couple games, and then now he's playing again. And and uh, what a, what a dumb franchise. Um, so yeah, that's a question. Like he had
1: twelve and ten against Phoenix the other night. That's I mean that's nothing to, to sneeze at, you know. It's
0: Absolutely, very he can play. Like and it's it's one of those things though. You have to ask the question because remember he 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 earned that contract playing in Atlanta. Yep. And for a terrible Hawks team where he showed that he's you know, he shooting corner threes and he wasn't, you know, it's one thing, is he the best looter in a riot or is he actually an impact player? And we don't know that yet because he's been on, you know, I think other than he started in yeah. San Antonio, right? They they liked him in San Antonio, but then they didn't bring him back for some reason. So, I don't know, man. So if, it's, there's just, so I'm, I'm seeing something here that uh, just a couple of weeks ago,
1: Deadman confirmed that he wants – he wants out of Sacramento and he was actually fined for
0: it for publicly requesting a Ooh. trade. So, Oh yeah. I, yeah. I knew that he was, he's, he's fed up. He he wasn't getting the role and the touches and the shots he wants. Yeah. He's, he's, he's ready to go.
1: All right. Well, maybe yeah. that's a sneaky, good player. You heard it here first, right here. It's not, he dripping, dropping the, the knowledge, <laughs> dropping the speculation. It, man. All
0: uh, right. Can you uh, think we is- got about
1: 15 minutes left in the show. And uh, we have just a couple more topics. I want to touch on did
0: we, uh, the playoffs. Did we,
1: Sorry, go ahead. Did we
0: actually did we actually share that we're doing this on social media? Maybe we can drum up, drum up some uh, some calls on social media if we if we haven't done that.
1: Yeah, you know what? I uh, I have not even pulled up Twitter this entire show, which is strange because usually I'm pulling information off of there. Uh, but my I think my my feed is being flooded with college football stuff right now. So um,
0: yeah. Um, but, no,
1: but yeah, I, I will. You know, where is
0: I? You know, yeah, I think normally we tweet it out and we get people turning it. So if you do that, I'll uh I'll make sure I amplify. But um sorry, go ahead. let like you say, no, right we can we can we can finish it up either, either way. Let me see if
1: I can I thought usually the CLNS post game handle does something, but it's not there. Anyway, um I don't mind finishing up just, just the two of us. I just keep throwing it out there just in case anybody's listening and forgot that they can call 347-215-7771. Um, but I do want to sort of look ahead a little bit here at the end of the the, the show. But first, let's, let's do this all-star thing real quick because the second returns are out, and um, the fans, for the most part, I think, have gotten it right. Uh, but there are some – some glaring things that, that are on this list that, that are just confusing to me. Uh, number one being the fact that Taco Fall and Alex Caruso are, are both on the, 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 uh, the graphic that the NBA put out there. for. The, they shouldn't be on the graphic, period. It's the top ten in front court Western Conference and Eastern Conference and the top ten guards in, the, in Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. Those guys should not be on this list. They are. So that's the first red flag for the fans out there that are voting. It's like, are you being – trying to be funny? Are you mocking these players? You know they don't belong on this list. Don't vote them in. The other thing that jumps out to me here is the fact that Kemba Walker is just 20,000 votes behind Kyrie Irving. And to me, that is actually surprising. In, in a good way. I'm shocked that the fans have actually voted for him that much because that's another thing that they've gotten wrong, the fact that they've voted Kyrie in at this point. The guy hasn't even played. Paul George should be further down the, uh, the list than he is because he hasn't really played either. And so the, um, I, I'm going both sides on this thing. It's not just the Kyrie thing. I just – overall, snotty, I think that obviously the – Fan voting is very flawed, and the NBA is probably not going to do anything about
0: it. But I figured I'd just rant on it for a minute or two. Second. did I, I lose I, you? I kind of no, no, I'm here. Hello.
1: No, sorry. No, so I that was that's my rant. I just I wanted to throw it out there because I I, I just I think that. There are some Celtics that are deserving, Walker being one of them for sure. Tatum and Brown yeah. flip the coin on which one you send, but uh, with with guys like Kyrie taking up spots on, on, in the starting lineup, then they may not get there. It's just a it's a, it makes me a little bit sour about the All Star game, which is supposed to be fun, you know. And you want to see the best players out there, but I still think that there should you should take into account how guys are playing this this year. And if they're even playing, and if they don't play, then I, I wouldn't vote
0: them in. Yeah, so I mean, I and I, I don't know if I how I, my audio blanked out, but I heard I heard your rant, and it it's received because I'm with you. <laughs> I don't. It's it's a little it's, it's just silly how the fans do this with Taco Fall and Alex Cruz. they did this with Jaja Petulia a couple years ago, right? Where they everybody yeah. the, the the Warriors fans were just so rabid, and I guess they think it's funny to see his name on there. But we all know that the fan vote's only like twenty five percent, and it's ultimately not going to matter. So it's just weird to see it, and every year we see it like some some weird border fr- fringe weird player that the fans latch onto who gets a lot of votes. It's silly. But, so I was gonna say, but my whole my whole uh, mentality about the All Star game now is, even though it does matter for players contractually now, which kind of sucks, right? Like. You know, to have your numbers and your, your your future money tied to an all-star appearance, it kind of sucks. But at the same time, like, I don't care. I just don't care. Uh, I barely watch it. Um, it just doesn't matter, right? Like, because I know the voting is so flawed. I know it's so much just about counting stats versus maybe impact players. I know that every year, like, three or four guys from each conference are going to have a strong case and get snubbed. I don't really get worked up about it anymore. And I'm not saying that you're worked up, but you're absolutely right. It's just it's kind of weird to see. It's silly to see Taco fall up there, right? Um, yeah. So, I don't get worked up about it. But, yeah, I'm earlier in the season, when the Celtics, especially when they were kind of like a little closer to to uh, the Bucks, and, you know, they had that long winning streak, I was even thinking, in my biased opinion, we might see, you know, three All-Stars from Boston. I don't think they deserve it now. and I think no. uh, you know. I think Kemba is the guy, and you know, in a perfect world, of course, Kemba should be way ahead of Kyrie. He's played way more what? statistically. He's doing like basically the exact same thing he is, and he's uh, he's been incredible. Uh, he, I, I'm I I wasn't that high on the Kemba Walker thing, and now I am. Like, he's he's won me over. But um, we, it's a it's a popularity contest, and Kyrie is quote unquote the name that people know, and they. They love the 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 highlight video of, of Kyrie doing his thing, which is a little more exciting than Kemba, even though Kemba's really exciting. So it is what it is. Um, same thing with Paul George. Paul George is great, right? He's awesome. Yeah. I love Paul he's George. Awesome.
1: I, I would, but, I, yeah, generally, he's, I would love to see him. But at this point, I, I think there's a handful of guys that have to, deserved a, my vote or your vote or whoever's vote over Paul George so far this year. By the end of the season, I, I might change my mind and say that Paul George is more of an MVP candidate than all those guys that I put on the All-Star team. But that's not what we're talking about.
0: Hey, hey you know what? On on another note, it's funny because uh, one of the debates raging was, you know, oh, how is a guy like Trey Young going to get in and maybe Rudy Gobert is not, blah, blah. Look, I, Rudy Gobert is a truly impactful defender. I get it. You know, the, the, numbers, the numbers show it. Advanced stats even show it more. I get it. That's incredible. I don't want to watch the All Star game to watch Rudy Gobert set screens and and challenge shots. I don't. I would rather see a Trey Young in the All Star game than a Rudy Gobert. It, it just, I mean, it's all about entertainment. I I know what I'd rather see. So, yep. um, I'm with you on that, yeah. So I I do think Kemba's a shoe in. Uh, and from from what we were saying earlier, it's, it's where the momentum in there. The momentum has already been pushed a little bit. Where Tatum is going to be, if they they somehow do get two guys, it's going to be Tatum. You know, um, and I think that's well deserved too. Tatum putting up all star numbers. The efficiency's yes, is. not quite what you want it to be, but you know, like a little over, like almost twenty two and seven a game. Like it is what it is. Again, another player, Siakam. Siakam's missed so much time, but because of his hot start and because you know, I guess he's he kind of he's been the the flavor flavor of the month. Sounds almost like I'm being negative towards him. I'm not. It's just like he's a no. fresh star.
1: Yeah, and he had no, a and he star. had a great end to the last season, uh, during the championship run. So he I mean he's yeah. deserves the hype, but then you're right, he he's been hurt.
0: Yeah, he's missed a lot, a lot of time. So I'm with you, I'm looking at the returns right now and um you know, in the East I'm not I'm not too upset with the East. Except for like like I said, Siakam's missed so much time, he's so high. It's so silly. Bam I out of bio, I like seeing him up there. Now if there's a way the sell can somehow it's never gonna happen because Bam has proven himself now. I I think he's made a name for himself, making a name for himself as why Draymond remember was like the the hot utility kind of like hybrid center big man who could do stuff. It was Draymond and Draymond was deservedly so. Bam is the next guy in that in that mold. He doesn't shoot threes yet, but the guy can handle, he's big, he's he's athletic and he's really smart. I like watching him play. So yeah. um recognizing him. Yeah for sure. Yeah. So I just don't get, I don't get spun up about the all-star votes.
1: Um, no, it's, yeah, it's, I just, it's, I felt like we should take a, a couple minutes cause it's out there and they're definitely, the Celtics are definitely pushing for their guys to be there. So might as well back sure, that up. Sure. Um,
0: but well, I uh, anyway, see, I, did see a talk, oh, oh, I did see a t- uh, one last thing I'll say, about it. I saw a lot of talk about Devonte Graham, She's like a lot of, of big time bloggers and podcasters were pushing that, you know, that uh, that Devonte Graham should, definitely should be an All Star because of his numbers. Listen, yep. Zach Levine, Zach, Levine, Zach Levine is putting up better numbers on a worse team, but like better, way better numbers. Like to me, it's a no brainer. I would rather Zach Levine than than Devonte Graham. So yeah, the- I'm with you on that one too. That's the whole
1: other other thing. The All Star game is not necessarily about championship caliber and whether your team is is great or not. That's the MVP talk later on. That's most. Later on, all that stuff, those are the, this the full season accolades. If You're talking about the all-star game. I'm putting a guy in who, if, if it's a fringe type of thing and you're, you're, you're flipping a coin, well, it's just a matter of who you'd rather see perform. And like you said about Rudy Gobert, great player, excellent numbers, uh, not flashy enough for the all-star game. You, you just you, He's not. And a guy that I think uh, if, if he had signed earlier in the season – that would probably be on the all uh, all all-star top three returns right now is Carmelo Anthony. He's already number eight and he's only played 10, 10 or 12 games, but he's the type of guy that if he had been putting up these types of numbers, 18 points a game for a whole season, people would have voted him in. And at this point in his career, I don't blame him. So uh, there's just, there are guys that you want to see on on that team and, and guys that, Uh, maybe a better player, a more impactful player, more important player to a championship caliber team that shouldn't be on the all-star team because they're just not as fun. Anyway, let's take the last couple minutes here and just look ahead in the the schedule real quick, because uh, Andre Drummond comes to town, going to probably put up 20 and 30 and 20 or something, 30 and 30 against the Celtics because nobody can rebound except for Cantor. Right. Um, And then after that, the very next day, the Celtics, Travel to Milwaukee uh, for a big test against the Bucks. So this is a a big week coming up for the Celtics, snotty. And uh, I mean, they definitely can if they're going to have a shot at getting the one seed, like I alluded to earlier, the window is still open. But the Bucks can certainly close that window, in my opinion, on Thursday night, especially if the Celtics drop one to Detroit here as well. Uh, but if the Celtics do win that game against the Bucks, I, I'd say the window is still open a crack, and maybe they can get some momentum and try and make a run at them at least down the stretch.
0: Uh, a couple things. One, I, I looked at the Celtics' schedule between, you know, like, like since last week through the All-Star break. I do not remember a team having so many, like, I think they, they don't have more than like a day off or maybe two. I think it's mostly a day off, though. Between games, it's either back to back or have a day off, and it's like straight through the until the All Star break. I've never seen a team with a stretch that long like that. Uh, two, I'm gonna say it's next to impossible that they overtake the Bucks, barring some uh, catastrophic injury to somebody yeah. in Milwaukee. Knock on wood. Seven games is a large lead, you know. So, and the Bucks are just they're a machine right now. So I'm gonna really I'm a little less I'm a little less hopeful than you that they could you know maybe track down that. That number one seed because I already look at the schedule and I see losses. That's a loss, almost a schedule loss, right? Or a toss up sure. for the Celtics or the Bucks right now. i just like every night. I'm like, oh, that that they might just go on some historic win streak right now. They're going to lose, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the Pistons just lost tonight to the Pelicans. Uh, you know, and the same. Yeah, so I, I'm not. I'm not knock on wood, and this is how what they call a trap game. Obviously, right? When I say, "Oh, I'm not too worried about the the Pistons," that's the kind of game the Celtics would turn around and lose by like 18. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I'm I'm excited to see them up against the Bucks because we we all know the Bucks embarrassed them in the playoffs last season. Uh, the Celtics did a great job this season in the comeback win. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a good measuring stick, and we know you don't you don't win championships in the regular season, but it's definitely with the the stride that Jalen Brown and Jason Tim have made, it's nice to have a measuring stick now right two like two legit all stars are coming to town, and like it or not chris Milson was a, was you know is a recent all star I think was it just last year he made the all star team yeah um it was yeah so, you know they're, they're a team coming to town with two all stars on their roster and and the Celtics you know they they play with confidence they, Giannis is the is the the sun in that solar system, everything kind of orbits around him, and he makes it work. So, can the Celtics play on Giannis enough? Can they get to the shooters fast enough? Will Chris Milton go god mode again like he does against Boston for some reason <laughs> and just make every shot in, in, like, you know, his, it's like he turns the sliders down on NBA, you know, NBA 2K and just, you know, no, the difficulty is easy for him. He just makes everything get to Celtics. So, uh, yeah, this is a big week. It's a big stretch for them. Uh, it's it's going to be fascinating to see when they take on the Bucks because. Giannis is just uh he's coming for that crown he wants to be known as the best player in the league and the Celtics are in his way that's right
1: and CLNS media has your coverage throughout the week don't forget to check us out on post game after that Detroit game and then of course after the Bucks. uh two and a half hours after every game starts or whenever overtime ends if it goes a little long sometimes those TNT games are a little long on Thursday so uh we'll have your coverage after that and uh for the rest of the season as well so thanks for tuning in tonight everybody for snotty dripping my name is matt rury and uh this has been the celtics post-game show on clns media celtics win 113 to 101 they beat the bulls at td garden and uh they start a new winning streak and try to continue that on throughout the week uh that's going to do it for us tonight and have a good one everybody Tune in the rest of the week and check out CLNSmedia.com for all your Celtics and other coverage. This has been the Celtics postgame show on CLNSradio.com. Thanks for listening. The Celtics might not be in action every day, but we are, so stay connected. Follow us on Twitter at CLNSradio and check out our broadcast schedule for the best weekly sports
0: podcast on the web.